I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched a Betty Boop cartoon called Betty Boop's Museum. The title makes it sound like she owns it, but she just goes to a museum. Yes. Who would like to do a synopsis of this cartoon? Coco is looking for people to uh, take on a tour. Uh, finally gets Betty to join the the tour bus. Oh, wait, it's a tour car. Uh after some road troubles, he gets her to the museum. She looks at stuff and takes pity on a uh, a hunger statue and is help feeding the statue uh, all past the time where the museum closes. So then she gets locked in the museum and a bit of a night at the museum stuff happens. But then I guess the museum gets destroyed when she tries to leave or something the ending was a bit weird the ending was weird we'll we'll definitely talk more about that what did we think of this cartoon jury's still out for me (laughs) (laughs) i'm not quite sure uh yeah it, it fell into a bit of nonsense at the end which you know some of these shorts have nonsense but i this felt a bit more so I guess a contrast between what felt like a story and then the ending. Yeah. Yeah. I liked seeing Coco and uh, Bimbo, but they weren't a big part of it. Um, It was was okay. I don't think I'd recommend it, though. Uh, Yeah, I liked it okay. Um, I liked some of its weirder, kookier aspects, but it felt pretty... The ending, I mean, especially with, with the ending, it kind of felt like they used an ending from something else almost. It was kind of weird. Um, and it, it didn't feel as... Like, a lot of the ones that I like, if I think about them, are just, like, weird gag after weird gag. But they they some, they some through whatever their small storytelling is, they make it a little more cohesive. And this had that, like... a to a decent extent with them being in the museum, but it felt a little looser and kind of like going from weird night at the museum stuff to, Oh, now that skeletons are, because now there's just a lot of skeletons in this museum are kind of weirdly hostile and like need her to sing. And then are chasing her. And it's just felt a little, felt a little slapdash, I guess. Too many skeletons for me. (laughs) Mom's not a huge skeleton person. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get specific. Let's talk some about the story and characters. Um, there are like three named characters in here, um, but Coco, uh, our old friend Coco the Clown is back. Um, this isn't, I think this is the first one that we've seen him in a Betty Boop cartoon, but this isn't the first one he's in. I just haven't shown some of the earlier ones. Um, but he's really only kind of in the beginning. And then Bimbo's like a tiny bit in the middle and then randomly at the end, <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, so they're they're not huge presences. It's mostly Betty Boop and then just museum shenanigans. Yeah, what you guys think? Yeah, I don't know. Like like you said, they the named characters. Betty Boop was the most significant. Definitely. The there was some funny gags with Coco in the beginning that I liked. I think story-wise or character-wise, he has a bit more than Bimbo. Yeah, like there's there's a sort of 
trickster element to Coco's appearance, where Bimbo's just kind of, like, there, just working at the museum. Yeah. Uh, Bimbo, like, catches a person trying to steal some something from the museum, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Coco's got... He's he's trying to he's trying to to sell, and and then he manages to get someone to to buy into his weird scheme. Yeah, like I guess I don't know how he benefits. Maybe he gets a cut from whoever he brings to the museum. I guess so. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe he's just in league with the skeletons. Who knows? That's a thought. I don't know. I and which we can talk about and how's it hold up. I didn't like the gag for the first passenger, but I don't know why he discounted that passenger j- just because they fell out of the window on the opposite I side. I think so. I think that it was he just, just pushed too push hard into. and she fell okay, out. Okay. Yeah. And then, but yeah, no, that that was. Um, and then I especially loved how all of a sudden it. Well, when Betty went in and she's like, "What? Their seats?" And then there were basically just masks. At the seats to make it look like the bus was full, but nobody was sitting there. They were just masks. So, yeah, that and was then, kind of interesting. And then when she got in and he hopped in and he drove away, it wasn't even actually a bus. It was just a two-person car that was, like, in a bus shell. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very silly. Yep. And then but the museum was mainly skeletons. It was very strange. All of skeletons. the exhibits, yeah, and all of the exhibits at the at the museum were very strange because even in the daytime, even before she was locked in, they were they would still turn like real or whatever. So like this this hunger statue, it was almost like a a person. I mean, it looked like a person standing there that was emaciated and then she started and then on the stand next to it was this huge bowl of fruit. So she started, you know, handing or she just started putting, you know, fruit in, in this person's mouth. And it was a bit disturbing how, you know, it it just started as if you were filling up a, a, a tube sock or something. Right. Right. So it started first filling up like one of his legs. And then the, there was a payoff to that gag later, because when you come back to it later, when you discover that she's still in there after the hour, after they've already locked up for the night, literally they're just filled to the brim on arms, legs, stomach, everything. Just kind of a lumpy person. Yeah. There was somewhat of a of repetition with some of the characters. Um, it was cute, the dinosaurs that almost seemed like dogs. Um, at one point, uh, you know, one of the dinosaurs like asked the caretaker, you know, can I be excused or something or, you yeah, know, or the, something? And then went and got some water. Yeah. And then water started, you know, shooting out all over. But, but it was, you know, that was interesting. And then once it was evening and when Betty Boop was trying to get out and open one room it looked like almost two of the the dinosaurs that were almost kind of like dog-like, but one of them took off all its rib bones and was playing almost like um, horseshoes with the other one. So, yeah, some interesting gags there. I did kind of enjoy, I don't know about you guys, the gag where I forgot who was chasing who, but there was a kind of a cat type skeleton laying on the floor. And then I forgot so who was leading. There, it, was Pan. it was Pan. A statue of Pan was like mm. leading some mice by playing like a flute, uh, doing a Pied Piper sort of thing. And, and as they marched past the skeleton cat, it like ate all of them. And then you could see them in its rib cage. Yeah. And they were kind of trapped. It was in a skeleton cat. Yeah. Yeah. So that cat had no back legs. <laughs> oh, it was just, 
They just the front arm. That's all they found claws. at the skeleton bay. Yeah, <laughs> but no back leg. That's all that was on display. That's all they could find. <laughs> yeah, there are some definitely interesting amalgamation of bones into these creatures that like I don't think that's a creature it's that like exists. I have no yeah. idea what that is <laughs> exactly yeah definitely like one of the creatures moved kind of like a gorilla or something yeah, yeah. well that's the one that ended up ch- chasing her initially it almost acted like when it pulled her into the painting or whatever it was and said sing for us it, uh, I thought it was almost going to be like a pirate type thing it almost acted like piratey but then yeah when it was chasing her it was almost like a gorilla or something in the way that it moved yeah so. very odd uh, yeah let's let's talk a bit about the animation and stuff too um i definitely love having uh the betty boop cartoons that i do have that are in like HD quality. It's really one of the things that I, I like um, about the Fleischer style is just how like kind of thick the lines are, mm-hmm. um, which is very different than what Disney and people imitating Disney Warner brothers are doing at the time. Um, it, it's just visually very distinct, um, which brings an element of interest from me and watching them. Even if I don't ultimately like end up loving the cartoon there, it's still like fascinating to watch. And yeah, there there's a lot of thick lines here, a lot of a lot of um, waviness and just weirdness. They they'll they'll do whatever. Like they don't even care. <laughs> like there's no real like, you know, Disney Disney does cartoony things, but within an increasing bound of realism, kind of thing. Um, and but there's no sense of realism in Fleischer stuff. Really, they'll. They'll just do ridiculous things, um, and it's it's a vibe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's I think why I'm not as much of a fan of it because there's such a mix. The proportions are all over the place. So yeah. the proportions that Betty is um, with her head, with her body, everything. You know, so many of the other, like even Coco the clown and whatever, um, just had is way smaller, um, you know, lanky body. And then all the different characters, none of them look even close to being a real human other than Betty, you know, and they're just these weird proportions and different sizes of things. There's no consistency because in contrast, for example, Disney, whether you have Donald Duck or, you know, you have Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, they're at least somewhere around the same proportions as far as head sizes to body and whatever, whether they're tall, skinny, fat, whatever. But in Flesher, they're just like all over the place. Yeah, they're, they do whatever. They don't care. <laughs> one thing that I liked in this one is the, uh, they had some interesting angles, like dynamic uh, shots. I'm, I'm not sure if this fully applies, but like when she went onto the bus, uh, seeing all the masks as she kind of went through the, the bus, that was, that was funny. Uh, and one of them kind of looked like Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I didn't notice mm. that. Um, but then uh, Coco drove off in the car, and you see the car go uh, from right to left. And then I think something happens with the tires, and it kind of uh, angles off, angles a bit, like kind of reverses onto skates, but then moves forward. But forward is through, is to the viewer. Yeah. So, like kind of uh, and the background's like moving at that yeah, point yeah yeah kind of working doing interesting stuff with the space not going always left to right yeah they did that uh a few times um 
yeah, like there's there's some interesting visual stuff there for sure. Definitely, like you can, I can see why people like Rebecca Sugar are inspired by this stuff to influence their own animation because there's there's definitely a a quality here that isn't really found in Disney. Yeah, it's very interesting. I guess the the skeletons are. Uh, a chance to have fun creature designs because they're just whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's like, just bones put together. It's like putting, trying to put a muscle and skin on top of that. I'm like, what would this look like? Because this this thing has a horn, but that doesn't look like a rhinoceros. They're just like, yeah. what would what would look weird and freaky? And, yeah, you know, they succeeded. It looked weird and freaky. And even the thing chasing her that was moving almost like a gorilla had a long, like beak type, yeah, uh, yeah type nose. Like it was you know, definitely and- not overall gorilla bones, mm-mm, but. Mm-mm. <laughs> and um, and by the way, when she first came into the museum, there were like uh, several. Several, I don't know if they were supposed to be statues or things standing there when she first walks in. And one of them was clearly like Mickey Mouse um, mm. that I noticed. Uh, I think it was, they were patrons. Yeah, I think it was paintings. people in the background. Mm. But they yes. just weren't really moving, but yeah. Mm, Mickey it, Mouse it, sighting it. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they, they love to throw in Mickey Mouse lookalikes. Yep, 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 yep. Want to talk some about sound design? Uh, her song, I liked her song. Yeah, her song's cute. And I and I liked when the one started playing the piano, uh, with it, uh, gave it gave it even more of a kind of tempo, uh, yeah, it was it was cute, yeah. um, the, the voice acting you can you can tell pretty pretty much any uh there's there's a couple of people that's like oh that's uh, I think it's May Ketzel um is is voicing Betty at this time and you can tell she voiced a couple of other things in there too like you can tell that there's a very limited voice cast yeah the first uh potential patron that got pushed out of the bus had like an old lady voice but it was definitely her, the the woman who voices Betty Boop. It was yeah. just her. And, oh, then all, okay. and then also the mummy later that like came mm. out of the sarcophagus and said it was going to like sleep another hundred years or something. Like that was clearly her. <laughs> that's right. That's great. That's right. <laughs> and th- it's not a complaint. It's gr- it, it, it has a really. It's a charm. charm. Yeah, it's charming. It's charming to, to hear that really limited voice cast because they're not doing a terrible job. Like, I feel like when we watched uh, the, the Bosco cartoons, like the, those didn't have great voice acting <laughs> like they kind of kind of stilted and just not that enjoyable to listen to um but they you know they've in these Fleischer ones they've got their mumble things still definitely happening especially in the scene where Betty and Coco are in the car like a whole lot of them just just kind of muttering and like saying some nonsense and there's no effort to make it look like they're actually saying that but that's like just part of the Fleischer style. Yeah. That 100% carries on into Popeye and stuff too. And yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it because it's clearly purposeful. It's just part of the, it's like, um, it feels like they are definitely improving some of their stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's cool to uh, not feel constrained by the animation or feel the need to like make sure that it lines up. It's very loose. It's it's interesting. Yeah, like it's not the sort of style that I would want everyone to be doing, but like that that's kind of the Fleischer House style. Like I, I respect it, you know? For sure. Do we want to go on to the part that our podcast is named after? How's it hold up? Yes. I mean the first the the joke with the lady being too 
kind of big to yes. get into the bus and then being pushed out. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially since, like, you're pushing on her backside and you're trying to stuff her in. It's just... It's just fat phobic, and it's just, I don't like it. It could do without. The other thing, okay, here, let's see, how do I want to articulate this? First of all, and I know times back then, then it would have been more risque, but Betty Boop, let me just say, looks darling. Her dress is adorable, and and in fact, it's interesting because I noticed maybe it's been on other ones that we've seen, but you actually saw one part where it zoomed in on her, where um, her neckline is kind of a little bit more rectangular, doesn't go quite to a V, but you actually see cleavage. Yeah. Um, what bothers me is that, like, when she came into the museum, that they made, like, the, the lions oh, yeah, the there. Lions. You know, almost kind of like lust after, like, come out, you know, turn real and then to be, you know, I don't remember if they what they said, but basically, you know, they don't quite catcall her, but still, that type of thing. And then the other kind of weird thing to me was when she had been pulled through the painting and after she had sung her song, again, she looks darling, her, you know, in her little outfit, but when when they were kind of like then coming, turning after her, I think it was maybe, again, after she sang, but instead of like, I don't know, holding herself in a more of a protective. She was more like covering herself, like covering her, like where her cleavage was, like cut hand, you know, like holding like as if her, her skirt is too short. So again, why she's going into protection like that, because, you know what I mean? So, so that's, that's, that was kind of weird. I, I didn't like that. I mean, again, I can see being scared because something's coming after you, but why are you covering almost like you're not modest anymore, you know? Um, so again, just let her own her cute little outfit and her sexuality, you know, stop making her almost feel ashamed or something looking. I don't know. That's what bothered me. I I liked when she was crying and to wipe one of her tears away, she just like fully like pulled up her dress. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, hello, Betty. Yeah. We are rapidly approaching the end of them being able to do that, though. Yeah. Uh, there's there's not a whole, whole lot left time-wise where they're going to be allowed to do that because of the Hayes Code coming in. Um, so, you know. Yeah, and even though it's weird, because even though it might have been, she's wearing this darling little black dress. And again, it's not like it's exceedingly short or anything. I want to say it comes probably very easily mid to lower thigh. I mean, it's not like it's like way up or anything. And it has sure, kind of like, you know, I guess you also then, need to think about it's like scandals. 1930s. Right. Like she's definitely, she's drawn sexy and supposed to be sexy. That's right. part of her thing. Uh, but I, I agree. Like I like, she, she, it generally feels like she's owning it, but there's stuff like how she held herself as she ran away that like, there's, Almost like shames her, which I don't like. There's a lot of cartoons with Betty Boop that we haven't watched that have very troubling implications of what the bad guy wants to do to her. And I feel like that's kind of... I think they've drawn her carrying herself like that before, I guess is what I'm saying for implied worse reasons because <laughs> that's just kind of was that was sort of an element yeah. of some of her stuff is as unfortunate implications of what would happen if the bad guys got their way 
Um, yeah. And I, th- those aren't completely gone either. I don't know if there might, I can think of one that we might actually end up watching, uh, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's an element that like, you know, we've even seen creep into Mickey Mouse cartoons, but because Betty is such a sex symbol can be a lot more on at the forefront um, of some of her cartoons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite moment in the cartoon? Can I say this is kind of worth it, but the transition to the end? I think that. Yeah, because it made no sense. We haven't, let me just briefly say, so she sings for the skeletons, and when she's done singing, for whatever reason, they decide to start chasing her. So she's running, and and some stuff gets, like, knocked over, and in particular, the statue of Samson, like, pushes down his pillars or whatever, which seems to make just a bunch of stuff start falling. And so then we have, like, I feel uh, like the implication uh, is the whole museum falling. The impl- yeah, it felt like the implication was the whole museum was falling. And then, like, for too long, it's showing just, like, this this footage of, like, debris falling. And then suddenly, like, there's skeletons on either side, like, coming towards the camera, basically. And then all of a sudden, Betty, Boop, and Bimbo, like, fall out of the sky into a chariot and get led away. <laughs> And they're like, the implication is that they're safe. And then we see some skeletons like in what looks like a graveyard running into like a basement thing. And and then it closes over and it's a grave that says the end on it. And if it comes, it happens pretty darn quick and doesn't have any real buildup. And it feels like the end of a different cartoon. Yeah, than no this transition, one. no transition. Well, there is all. a transition, but it's awkward. The well, transition is the debris falling and then that's the skeletons true. going in, but it, it doesn't say anything other than the museum we're, like crumbled, but we don't really done. see a crumbled museum. It's weird. It, it's, it's very odd. It was a, a very sudden and, and strange way to end it. And I definitely agreed. That was my least favorite part. Yeah, same. What was your favorite moment in the cartoon? I'm. I think for me, I'm torn between Coco and, and the Coco and Betty stuff um, at the beginning. After after Coco being fat phobic with someone, uh, their their stuff, and I liked uh, Betty's song and particularly the the skeleton that was like doing the piano over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd go with the the creepy skeleton and the piano and Betty singing just because I, I like the creepy vibes when they come up in, in the Fleischer cartoon. So I, I think that one. But I like both of those. I think I'm going to go with the beginning. I, I like where, she, especially when she got on the bus and she's like, these seats aren't yeah. full and sees the masks. And then and then the surprise of it turning into a car that, yeah. that drives off. Yeah, I'll agree with that, especially with the uh, more... Interesting shots were in that Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Who was your least favorite character? I guess Bimbo, because he didn't get to do that much. And I don't know why he just suddenly appeared at the very end. (laughs) And technically, he locked her in there. That's kind of rude. He didn't know she was in there. I know, I know. (laughs) Least favorite? Yeah, I'll have to agree with, with Bimbo. He didn't do much. Coco had his intro part. And then kind of bimbo showed up apropos of nothing at the end. He didn't do much. I'll make it unanimous. I agree. Who is your favorite character? And I'll definitely give that to Betty. Like she, she's, 
she does stuff throughout the cartoon. She she has a nice heart and wants to help this guy who she feels is in trouble. And then she's all scared and wandering through a museum, but she's doing her best. She the guy tell the skeleton guy tells her to sing, and she's like, I I can't sing. And then he's like, Do it. And so she she sings, and yeah. she does a great little job. And her song and her little song is like, Why are you being so mean to me? Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. which is. Great. It Love was. that. Yes, yes. I agree. Betty Boo. Her song yeah. is, I'm being bully. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I wouldn't be mean to somebody like this. Right? I know. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. I don't think I would recommend this. Uh, there were some interesting parts. I, I wouldn't say don't watch it. Like, I'm not going to say you shouldn't. But I think you can skip it. I think I will uh, give this a 1.75. I think I'm going to rate it a a 2. And I'm, I'm just going to very, very lightly recommend. But I don't know. After talking, I, I don't dislike it as much after talking it out. But again, it, it's definitely not a must-see. I think the end's disorienting. And yeah. so, like, yeah. l- being left with that sours it a little bit. Yeah. Um. I will very lightly recommend it. it give it a two. Um, I think I'd give it probably 2.25 or something uh, with if that ending was more solid. Um, but it's relatively enjoyable. Like, you know, there are much better ones, but there's much worse ones. <laughs> and this has some of the, the fun weirdness and, and creepiness that I tend to love uh, from these uh, Betty Boop cartoons. So, yeah. And my light recommend is during the Halloween season. Sure, sure. <laughs> Since I'm not a skeleton fan, but it's a nice, you know, fairly innocuous, creepy, creepy thing to watch. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Next time, we will be watching another Mickey Mouse cartoon that is, in fact, a remake of an Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon that we previously watched. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And I think it's a lot better. I love this cartoon. Oh, yay. Okay, looking forward to it. See y'all next time. Bye. 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 This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279 0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I N C O M P E T E C H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening! Let's go ahead and get specific. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's, That's our new thing. Let's go ahead and get specific.